morning. Uh, as we have another opportunity to reflect on our dear Lord, the one who loved us and gave himself for us, the one who was sent by the Father, spotless and blameless. Uh, we'll read a few verses from Romans chapter 8. It's the book of Romans chapter 8. This is reminding us of the position where we are in Christ. Verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I'll stop there for a moment. Um, as we think of the way things were in the days before Christ came, when man had sinned, the whole human race was plunged into darkness and separation from God. No longer could God have that sweet communion that he had with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day. Because sin cannot be in the presence of God. But they had made a way for man to, at least for a year, be seen worthy. That's when the lamb was to be slain. The first year lamb, unblemished and spotless one that had to be watched for a certain time. We could read in Exodus, but for birth that time, we just paraphrase. And they had to be watched, watched, watched for a certain amount of time and then offered up as a sacrifice. And for this, God would be, you know, somewhat satisfied for a temporary season. But we see that the Lord Jesus came, as I'm re recalling in Genesis when Abraham was offering up Isaac, Isaac says, where's the lamb? And he says, the father says, God will provide himself a lamb. Of course, God cannot find pleasure in nothing on earth that are earthly. 
Therefore, he has to provide himself the sacrifice which would suffice once and for all. Henceforth, he sent his only son. We recall in John, when John saw him, the Lord Jesus, the first time he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So he saw that this was the provided Lamb, came straight from God the Father. And he said it another time, Behold the Lamb. So now, when this Lamb was being offered up on the cross, which is the Lord Jesus Christ offering up himself, recall that before that they had a, a period where they would try him. They would try to find some kind of fault in him. But as Pilate declared, I have found no fault in this just man. But yet, this was the, the reason why he came, so he had to be crucified. So he said, take him and crucify him. So he was offered up once and for all at the cross. We have evidence at the cross that even on the, while he was on the cross, there were two others crucified, one to the left, one to the right. And we recall their conversation, one who says, if you be the son of God, save us and thyself. You know, a natural man who has the power to do such thing would gladly do it just to prove a point. But this is not the way the Lord Jesus was built. The other would say, we have, are receiving our just due. This man has done nothing amiss. Even the thieves on the cross could have seen that this was a righteous man. The Lord Jesus was different, sinless and blameless. And he, recognizing the Lord, did say, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And the Lord Jesus did forgive him, showing that he had power even on the cross he said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. This is where the Lord Jesus wants all his believers to be in paradise with him. So we saw that he went through and he died on the cross. Even the centurion which was sitting there or standing, he said, truly this was the son of God. The very ones who were moments before were pouring on pain and agony on the Lord Jesus Christ. His eyes was opened and he saw that this was the Son of God. He never said that he repented though and asked for his soul's salvation, but he recognized it publicly that this was the Son of God. So we see that um, God cannot find no pleasure in sin nor will he be satisfied with anything coming out of the earth or on the earth. So he provided his own sacrifice. And it was offered up, he was offered up for sin, and he found his true delight in him. 
This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Or the words of God speaking regarding his son. Perfect one that we come to remember this morning. The one whom we have another glimpse of his glory. And realizing that he's not in the grave, not on the cross. But he's seated at the father's right hand. In verse 3 of our passage, it says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. So we see that God's uh, is, is problem, or man was a problem. As I'm trying to say, man was the problem. So therefore, man need to die. Man need to be sacrificed. Man, man needed to be punished. The judgment needed to be poured upon man. So therefore, the son had to take the form of a man. To live just like a man. Have the same feelings just like a man. As we have read in another passage, he said, we're touch, he's touched with the infirmities of our feelings, something to that effect, paraphrasing. So he had all the feelings that we have as normal men. He did thirst. He was hungry. But yet he was not driven by these things because he was also fully God. So therefore, a man died and God saw that a man could live a perfect life, sinless and blameless, and died in our stead. So therefore, he sees us now, since the, the son has died and took care of the judgment and the punishment, no longer does he see us as sinful people, but he's seen us through his son. The perfect man that walked and lived and obeyed and brought delight to the Father. God is seeing us through him today. So we have our blessed Savior, the sacrifice was offered up for us, and now he is seated in the Father's house at his right hand, a place of power and majesty. And we're told he's making intercession for us, even now. So today, I just want us to be encouraged and be reminded of this fact that the Holy Son of God came and took our place. And not only did he just took our place and paid the penalty for our sins and said, okay, they're on their own now. He has a strong desire for us to be with him in glory. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you shall be also. brethren." This is our destiny. This is where we're going. 
So don't lose heart when there are bumps in the road, when there's distress, when there's sorrow, when there's pain. The Lord Jesus knows we're feeling these things because he has gone through all of this before. You know, he knows the way. All we got to do is follow him, trust in him. When the things get a little heavy for us to bear, that's when the Lord would say, cast your care upon me because I care it for you. He knows. You know, there's a, a song, or was it a poem that we read from when I was growing up? It says, one set of footprints in the sand. And it was about a story of someone who was walking with Jesus. And then there was, you know, you look on the sand, you saw two sets of footprints. No doubt there were different size feet. So you could know the difference. So two sets of footprints. And looking back, at one point, she, or the person, only saw one set. And he was curious what happens. And complaining, of course, like we all do. We complain about it. Why is there one set of footprint? But then the Lord would, re would respond. Those were the times that I was carrying you. You were still on the journey, but you weren't hearing the, the intense suffering or the effects of this journey. I was carrying you. So believers and saints, the Lord still carries his own. When the way becomes dreary, the Lord will put you on his shoulder, just like that one shepherd who went for that 99, the, the one sheep. He left the 99 and go for that one and put him on his shoulders and bring him back to the fold. The Lord Jesus will do this for you even today. So as we venture into this week, not showing what we're going to be facing, but we can be assured that whatever it is, God is able, the Lord is able to carry us through. So allow him to do what he do best, taking care of his own. So I trust that we might all depend on the Lord this week. Cast our cares upon him. Trust him. Stop looking around on the waves and the billows because they're not going away. They're going to be there as long as we're in this life. But we don't have to be affected and bowed down by it. So let's continue to keep our eyes on the Lord. Trust him, knowing that he will see us through. And I trust that you might continue to trust him and believe on him for his name's sake. Amen. Amen. Amen.